Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. This evening, I'm going to continue what I started to talk about on superior realities. And I said to you some time ago that the only thing that is superior to everything experiential is your position in Christ. Your position in Christ is the most superior reality that you could ever have. Which means, my friends, that everything must take dressing from who you are in Christ Jesus. Everything must take dressing from who you are in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor say, who I am in Christ Jesus is superior to what you can see with your eyes. Turn to somebody else and say, who I am in Christ Jesus is superior to what you can see with your eyes. Now, let me help your neighbor ask you the question, who are you in Christ Jesus? Give an answer to your neighbor. Who are you in Christ Jesus? Are there some people who are blessed here? Are there some people who are victorious here? Are there some people who are the head and not the tail? Are there some people who can never go down? Even when men will say there is a casting down, we will say there is a lifting up. Hallelujah. That's my reality in Christ Jesus. Do you know your name in the Bible? Your name in the Bible is any part of the Bible that contains in Christ, with Christ, through Christ. That's your name. Many of you read the Bible and you don't know where you are in the Bible. You say to me, Pastor Phil, I can't see myself in the scriptures. You are in the scriptures. Your name is in the scriptures. Anywhere you see Christ is your name. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Anywhere you see Christ is what? Is your name. Tell your neighbor, anywhere you see Christ is your name. Okay, tell yourself, anywhere I see Christ... It's my name. Hallelujah. The Bible says, for as he is, so are we. Praise the Lord. So your superior reality is everything that you are in Christ Jesus. So it means that what Jesus is not, you are not. It means what Jesus is, is all that I am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And go with me if you have your Bibles. Take it and turn it to Mark chapter 2 from verse 1. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 from verse 1. I read to your hearing. The Bible says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Next verse. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. That he preached the word to them. Look at your neighbor say, he preached the word to them. What did Jesus preach to them? What did Jesus preach to them? The Bible says he preached the word to them. The next verse. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Can you see the desperation of these people? They would do anything possible to make sure the man gets to Jesus. The Bible says that, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. You could see that uh, that these people were desperate to get the man to Jesus. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. The next verse. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, 
your sins are forgiven you. Can you say after me, son? Your sins are forgiven you. This was Jesus talking to the man. Next verse. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk. Do me a favor, look at somebody who is by your side, take up your bed. Yeah, tell the person, tell him, say, take up your bed. And keep on walking. It doesn't matter what your bed is, but just grab it and keep on walking. Hallelujah. How many of you are going to walk from now henceforth? You're going to walk with a faster pace than you ever walked before. That's a word for somebody and that amen is docile. Next verse. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Next verse. Immediately he arose. I speak, I prophesy to you that God is going to give you an immediate miracle. You know, there are some miracles that he gives, or that he will give, that um, would come in, in the process of time, because... Whilst he's given you the miracle, he wants to build you to be able to handle the miracle. So he will not give you the miracle immediately, but he will give you the miracle as a process. So that while you're growing, the miracle is also coming to you. So in the actual sense, the miracle is waiting for you. But I speak to you that today there's going to be something immediate for you. In the, if that word is for somebody, you will say better amen. All right? The Bible says immediately he arose, took up the bed. And went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Look at your neighbor and say, there is nothing that we, we have ever seen that is like what you are about to show the world. Tell the other person who is by your side, there is nothing we have ever seen that you are about to show the world. How many of you believe that you are made for signs and wonders here? Oh, come on. Say after me. Say, I am made for signs and wonders. You are about to shock your generation. That's what it is. You are about to shock your generation. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things God has in store for those who love him. There are certain things that will happen to you that people will never have a reference to what you do. You will be the first of your kind. First time miracles. Do you hear what I said? First time miracles. First time. We have never seen this type before. Apart from the fact that it is a first time miracle, it's also a first type miracle. Because this one has never happened before. Hallelujah. So he said, we have never seen anything like this before. Turn with me again to 3 John chapter 1 verse 1. 3 John chapter 1 verse 1. 3 John chapter 1 verse 1. The elder to the beloved girls whom I love in the truth. I want us to read verse 2 together. Let's go one to go. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Let's do it again. One to go. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul can you memorize this verse? Can this be our memory verse for today? Alright, this is 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, right? So, I'm going to give you the opportunity to cram it because you will say to your neighbor without looking at the multimedia screen. Is that okay? And make sure you don't blab when you're talking to your neighbor. Amen. 
So let's, let's do it one more time. Look at the multimedia, cram it, imbibe the word, receive the word. Let's go one to go. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. Do it again, one to go. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and in all things. And I missed it myself. Let me do it myself. Because sometimes you can preach and miss it. Yeah, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So look at your neighbor now and tell your neighbor, want to go? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. My goodness, you guys are better preachers than me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the next verse. Next verse says, For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. That should be your testimony. That people will look at you and see the truth that is in you. Hallelujah. People will look at you and see that you have the truth in you. Says that I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walked in the truth. I mean, it's enough to say the truth, but it's something else when you walk in the truth. It's one thing to be able to teach the truth. It's another thing to be able to walk the truth. It's one thing to be able to talk the truth. It's another thing for you to be able to leave the truth. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I want you to leave the truth. Yeah, that's right. Next verse, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. This is John talking. He says that I have no greater joy than to hear that the people who say they are Christians, the people who say they are believers are actually walking in the truth. There is no joy when you don't have a good testimony. The Bible says a good name is better than riches. A good name is better than how much money you have. A good name is always better than the possessions you can ever have. So I want to believe that everyone who really believes the faith or who really believes in Christ will stay focused on leaving the truth. It's important to walk the truth. I'm not, I'm not a preacher who would only talk about your position but never talk about your experience. One of the things that I believe is that grace will cause you to do what is right. As a matter of fact, grace will empower you to do what is right. There are some things that you struggle before on your own. You can never get out of it, but grace will help you to do those things. So it's important that we walk the truth, not just talk the truth. Because talking is cheap. To talk is a small, is a light thing to talk. But I I love it when people don't just talk the truth, but they walk the truth. Because when John was talking here, he said that I heard heard testimonies about you. People were able to testify about you. It means that it wasn't something about what you just said. It was something about what you were doing. That's why they were able to testify about you. My, My prayer for you is that you will not just be a hearer of the word, but you also be a doer of the word. Oh, if you want that prayer for it, come on, you say better, amen. You're going to be a doer of the word, not just a talker of the word. Not just one who talks the word. Not just one who says, I am a member of TSP. And your life is in contradistinction to TSP. I know we make mistakes sometimes. I understand that. But when it becomes a trend, hey, you have the grace of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, you have the grace of God. Because God doesn't want you to just talk the truth, but he wants you to leave the truth. Receive power to leave the truth this evening. Come on, say better amen. Receive power to leave the truth this evening. Hallelujah. Let's move to the next verse. Verse 5, beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. There are many people who only do great things for their little clique. But God wants you to get out of your little clique. He wants you to be a blessing to the brethren and also to strangers. Receive a heart for people. 
You see, when, I, when, when I'm praying and I, I'm saying, I prophesy upon you millions of dollars, many of you will jump and begin to scream amen. Or I say every witch, every transgenerational curse we break right now, many people will shout amen. But if I'm saying receive a heart for people, so many, so many people are just looking at me and not understanding that that prayer is powerful. I will explain to you in a minute why that prayer is powerful. But let me also say that again. Receive a heart for people. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing. For those of you who have been faithful in the house, stay faithful still. For those of you who do good in the house, keep on doing good still. For those of you who have been giving in the house, keep on giving still. For those of you who have been praying for your pastor, who have been praying for the members of the church, for who have been praying that the, that the kingdom um, moves to the next level, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on doing it still. Tap your neighbor say, keep on doing it still. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Hallelujah. Let's move to the next verse. Who have borne witness of your love before the church. Can this be your testimony that people will say he has love for the church? Can this be your testimony that people will say she has love for the church? Can it be your testimony that when you want to call one, two, three, four, five people who are committed, whose hearts are in the work, who, 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 who you, you would see they would give everything about themselves. They're not just pouring their presence. They're also pouring their virtues. They're pouring their giftings. They're pouring their enablements, their graces, their glory. Are you going to be one of those who people will say he has love for the church? Are you going to be one of those who people will say she has love for the church? Tell your neighbor, be one of those. Be one of those who has love for the brethren who has love. I'm not talking about phony love. I'm talking about real love. You know, the world doesn't determine what love is. We determine what love is. A lot of people have misunderstood or misinterpreted what love is. Love is not a feeling. See, the love that I give you is not the love I started. Are you getting what I'm saying? The love that I give you is the love I received. It's called Telehu. Because it, it, it didn't stop with me. It came to me and it passed through me. The forgiveness that I give, I didn't start the forgiveness. So when, when people offend me, it, it's, not, it's not about me generating some forgiveness on my inside to give someone. It's about me taking the same forgiveness I received and I pass the same forgiveness to somebody else. That's what it is. The love that I receive is the same love that I give. No wonder the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. Be one of those who the Bible says he has love for the church. Be one of those who the Bible says when, when, when he sees his brother in need, he's willing to let go of half of what he has so that his brother has something else. Maybe to buy food or to be able to go home or something. Just be that generous person. Hallelujah. Are there any generous people who are here this evening? If you're one of those, say, I am one of those. And I have a very good advice for you ladies. Don't marry a man who is not generous. Yeah, it's, it's an advice. Because let me tell you, wealth in your house is not a function of how much your husband has. It's a function of how much heart your husband can give. Because your husband can have so much money and you will not see the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm preaching good, man. Yeah, you can have so much, but your neighbor doesn't see it. That's not what I'm talking about. There are some people who don't have so much, but I prefer to call them. I prefer to call them more than those who have the position. I prefer to call them more, more than those who even have so much money. I prefer to call them because of their hearts. There was something about their hearts. Even the little that they have, they, they make it feel like a millionaire when they give it to you. Be one of those who have love for the church. Be one of those who have love for strangers. Strangers. Be one of those who is generous about loving. The Bible says concerning Jesus that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. We didn't need to be born again before he did all that. We didn't need to even accept. He, he gave his life on trust for you. 
Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be weary in well-doing. John says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul as simile. Even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul prospers. Which means, my friends, that it is possible to be so blessed in the spirit, but if your soul is poor, are you getting what I'm saying? It's, so, it's very possible to be so blessed in the spirit, but if your soul is poor, you may not experience the blessings in the manifest or the blessings in the experience. Because the truth is, in your position, you are already blessed. In your position, you are already prosperous because as Jesus is, so am I. But it is possible for you to be poor in your soul and be so rich in your spirit and your life is actually a reflection of your soul. Yeah. Your life is a reflection many times, not of your spirit, but of your soul. Because your soul is the awareness of self. Now, let me explain this to you. Man is a tripartite being, right? Man is spirit. He has a body, and, or he has a soul, and he lives in the body. Um, your body is awareness to the world around you. Your spirit is conscious of God. Your spirit is awareness of God. But your soul is awareness of self. It's in your soul where you have things like your memories, your emotions, your, um, what again? Your intellect, your will. It's in your soul that you have all of that. So, so when you are actually living with people, you may think that you are living with their bodies, but you are not living with their bodies. You are actually living with their souls. Because when you walk into the room, or when you walk into a house, the atmosphere you carry is a reflection of the state of your soul. That's why when, you, when, when some people walk into a room, and, and there is some tension around them, it's a reflection of their soul. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you, you need to be consistent in the prosperity of your soul. Let me say that again. You need to be consistent in what? The prosperity of your soul. You are already rich in your spirit. But the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your soul, your mind. So, your life is a reflection of your soul. So, John is saying here that I wish above all things that you prosper and be in what? In health, even what? As your soul prospers. It means that as my soul prospers, is the same way that I'm going to prosper and be in health. That's what it means. It means that uh, the way riches comes to me it will come first into my mind before into my pockets. It means that before healing hits my body, it will hit my mind first before it hits my body. It means that my soul is the valve to which I unlock the riches of my spirit into my real world. That's what it means. So he says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be what? In health, even as your soul prosper. Look at your neighbor say, it's the will of God that you prosper. Oh, come on, let me get some people to deputize for me. Tell your neighbor, it's the will of God that you are healed in your body. Preach it to the person who is behind you. Tell him, it's the will of God that you have money in your pocket. Now, I'm about to prophesy millions to someone here. It's the will of God that you have millions in your account. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not, God is not testing you with sickness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
You are sick in your body and, and you tell me God is testing you. It's not the will of God that you are sick. I wish above all things. Tell your neighbor, please wish me well. Hallelujah. Look at somebody else say, wish me well. Yeah, if, if your neighbor is acting funny, I'm, I'll give you the permission to change your seat. Okay? Now look at the other person who is by your side. Say, I wish you well. I wish above all things. Now the word wish, there is a desire. It's a prayer. Hallelujah. It's a desire, it's a prayer. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. But hey, the, 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 the degree to which you are in health is the degree to which you are prospering in your soul. So let me advise you, when you are prospering in your soul, just keep on doing that because it's just a matter of time. It will show up in your body. When you are prospering in your soul, it's just a matter of time. It will show up in your pockets. When you're prospering in your soul, in, in your soul, it's just a matter of time. It will show up in your relationships with people. I wish above all things that you prosper, to prosper in your mind. There are some people who have poverty mentality, but they lead us in this country. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you have, if you have a spirit of poverty, it's, it's a poverty mentality that feels you, you don't have enough. Because there is no balance between contentment and pressing forward. So it's a poverty mentality that says you have to steal all that you see right now. Have you seen people who are like that? Everything they see, they want to grab. Because they feel they will never have the opportunity to have it again. When you take them to the table, you get embarrassed. Because when, you're, when they are on a buffet, they will eat. They will eat with their head. More than their stomachs can take. It's a, it's a poor mind. Yeah, it's a poor mind. It's okay to be excited about food. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's okay, it's alright to be excited about food. But you see, there are some people who are just poor in their minds. Because, you see, one of the things that we dealt with uh, on Wednesday is that the Bible says he has redeemed us from every tribe, from every tongue, from every people, from every nation. Tribe speaks of a language. It speaks of family. The Bible says you've been redeemed from that tribe. There are some of you who have a language in your family. And the language I'm talking about is not necessarily Yoruba, Igbo, or Hausa. The language I'm talking could be a language of insufficiency. Your father always said to you, we don't have enough in this house. And it's stuck in your mind. And you grew up to believe that there is never enough. That's a language. But the Bible says you have been redeemed from every tribe. You have been redeemed from every tongue. You have been redeemed from every people. You have been redeemed from every nation. And that's the reason why as a house of man, you will not only succeed in the northern part of Nigeria, because you've been redeemed from every nation and every people. If I put you in a desert, you're going to make money in the desert. That's what it means. As a Yoruba boy, confused with the thief blood, if you put me in Abuja, I'll make it. If you put me in Kanuri land, I will make it. If you put me in the water, in the riverine, riverine area, or in the Ijo land, I'm going to make it. Wherever you are, you will make it. There's a word for someone here. Many of you went under, and, and you see that thing on the DP where it says some of you were, um, um, some of you were, were, were um, buried, but they didn't know they planted you. What's the difference between being buried and being planted? Expectation is the difference. Because the one who is buried is not expected to come back up. But the one who is planted knows one day I will spring forth. Like the dawn of a new day. The one who is planted knows that weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. The one who is buried knows that one day, even though I don't have all things right, because I'm prospering in my soul, I'm prospering in my mind, it's just a matter of time it will show up in my pocket. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor say, you are planted. Come on, preach it to your neighbor say, you are planted. Now you say to yourself, I am planted. Says, and have redeemed us to God by his blood out of every tribe, out of every tongue every people, every nation the blood of Jesus redeemed you 
There is no blood as priceless as the blood of Jesus. Many bloods speak for certain men, certain wicked men in this nation. Blood speaks for them. But there is this blood that speaks for us. There is this blood money that we receive because there is something that is talking for us. It's a willing sacrifice that came down for you. Hallelujah. It says, brethren, I wish above all things that you prosper and be what? In health, even as your soul prospers. Even as my soul prospers. James chapter 1 verse 21. The Bible says, receive the engrafted word of God that is able to take me to that scripture. It says, it is able to save your souls. The prosperity of your soul is when you keep hearing the word. The prosperity of your soul is when every time you keep hearing the word. The Bible says, faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. It says, hearing by the word of God. Not just hearing the word of God. But hearing by the word of God. It means what you hear, you process it with the word. It means that you compare spiritual with spiritual. It means that when someone says something to you, you process what the person has said with what the word has also said. So I am comparing spiritual with spiritual. There are some things that I don't take as mine because it's not consistent with the word. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. Receive. So get rid of all uncleanness. And the rampant, the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word. TSP, can I teach you something? Whenever it's time for the word, be excited. Because you see, the word is the potential seed for what you need to really experience. For those of you who don't have a word time, a word feast in your homes, you are cheating yourselves. The word of God is not like what... Uh, uh, um, um, we grew up to understand as morning devotion. When we were woken up for morning devotion, it was like a problem for us. Mommy will come, feel, wake up. It's time for morning devotion. Mommy, I'm coming. And then I'm gone back to sleep again. And then she will come back 15, oh, I love my mother. She will come back 15 minutes later. And she'll say, Phil, you are meant to wake your brother and your sisters up. Get them for morning devotion. And that sense of responsibility will make me get up and wake the rest of them up. And we'll sit down around her and she'll begin to teach us the word. And we'll sing this song. How many of you did this song in your morning devotions? Um. <laughs> in the morning. In the morning. I will rise and pray. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. Really? <laughs> really? The Holy Spirit is on the throne? Really? The Holy Spirit is here. <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you see how many times we don't process what we have learned? And we don't take time to hear what we were singing. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. The whole, I know you came from heaven above. True. The Holy Spirit yeah, is on uh, the throne. Uh-uh. You know when you hear revelation, you hear, you say mm. and then when you think about the revelation, it doesn't make sense. You're like Mm-mm. so let's combine the two of them together. Mm. Mm. <laughs> What's the end of the song? Good morning Jesus, good morning Lord. I know you came from heaven above. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. Good morning. All right, yeah, all right. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is inside of us.
Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is inside of us. It's inside of us. And then there was this song she would always make us sing. She would always make us sing. God has something to say. God has something to say. Listen, listen. Hey, girl. Brother Philip. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, but, but that made us always learn um, um, memory verses. You see, one of the things that you, you, you should do when you have your family, make sure you spend time to teach your children the word. Yeah, those things formed us when we were growing up as, as, as children. It formed us. It's shaping our mindset. It's shaping our ideologies. Um, don't think your children are too small. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because in this age, children are learning faster than ever. In fact, children learn very fast what they see. So you have to be very careful. Amen. You know, I gave you an assignment that uh, for every one of us, you, you must have plans for five major areas of your life. The first one is the area of family. The second is the area of your career path. The, second, the third is the area of your economic life. The fourth is the area of your ministry. And the fifth is what again? Um, the area of um, what again? The five of them. It's important that you must have a plan. You must have a plan. You must have a plan. Yeah, your personal life. The things you want to do. You want to have a master's degree. You want to do a PhD. You must have a plan. Put a time goal to those things. Have a plan. Tell yourself, I want to do this in this time. Have a plan for your life, for your personal life. How do you want to look when you're 60? You must have a plan for it. Do you want to come into 60 with a walking stick? You must have a plan for it. For those of you who are guys, don't be docile. Don't be lazy. Let's, let's walk out. We're young people. Play soccer if you need to. Swim if you need to. Exercise your body if you need to. The Bible says uh, bodily exercise profits little. Have a plan for your physical life. Have a plan for your spiritual life. You want to grow in the spirit. In, you want to grow spiritually um, um, to certain um, um, levels in your life. You have to sow in the spirit. You have to keep sowing in the spirit until you come to that place. And then you keep making progress. You can't be a baby Christian two years ago and the people whom you came into Christ with at about the same time have become pastors in their churches, have become leaders in their churches and you are still just ordinary church member. You're, there's more to you. Have a plan for your spiritual life. You ought to be casting out devils now. You ought to be speaking the word of God with boldness now. You ought to be confirming the word with signs and wonders. You ought to be doing all that. Have a plan for that. Have a plan for, for your family life. You ought to know what it means to parent a child. You ought to know what it means to mother a child. Go and study, read on how to do these things. Because being a father, being a mother is not a function of age. It's a function of skill. I hear what I'm saying to you. Yeah, it's a function of skill. So you must have the skill to be able to do all of that. Have a plan for your ministry. Have a plan for what God has called you to do. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be like somebody else who um, um, has worked for somebody else and has not thought about himself. What is it God gifted me with? What is it that he has, um, um, the blueprint of my life? What is the specific details of my life? Am I called to write a book? Am I called to organize programs? My brother Sam is here. He has, he's, he's released himself to do all that God wants him to do. Am I called to reach out to charity? Am I called to be in the public space, in governance, in politics? What is it that your passion is? Have a plan to make sure you do all these things. Hallelujah. Well, that was for somebody. I just had that for somebody. Amen. Can you do me a favor? Shout amen four times. Wait now, wait now, wait now. Four times. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So John said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even what? As your soul prospers. You see, the, the Bible talks about the um, paralytic man. The Bible says that four people took the man and they were coming to Jesus in the text that we read. 
The Bible says these four men carried Jesus. Now, it's interesting to note that the man did not have faith for himself. The paralytic man did not have faith for himself. What Jesus saw, the faith that Jesus saw, was the faith of the four people that carried him. Can I give you an advice? When you are in your down times, stay with people who will carry you. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you are in your down times, stay hang around people who will have faith for you. That's why I was asking you to ask your neighbor, do you wish well for me? Don't stay around people who don't wish well for you. Every, everybody naturally loves to be celebrated. Nobody loves to be tolerated. Nobody. The Bible says that these four men carried the paralytic man. The man was sick. To be sick means that there is a disconnect between your head and your body. Your head wants to do something but your body can't respond. That's what it means to be sick. I am well because if I want to take a step, I can take a step. I am well. I am well because if I want to button my shirt, I can do it because I can move my hands. Have you seen a stroke patient, a patient before? A stroke patient can't do the small things that you do. Someone who has been hit with stroke cannot button his shirts. Cannot take up something comfortably and hold with his two fingers. Can't do the slightest things that you can do normally. A stroke patient is deficient in some of the motor functions of his body. So there is a disconnect between the head of the man. The man wants to do what other people are doing. The paralytic man wants to be just like every other person. But there is something about him that is limiting. But he's coming to a superior reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the Bible says that four men carried this man. And as they carried the man, they saw... That they could not press through. They had to take the man on top of the roof and drop the man from the roof to where Jesus was. Hallelujah. My prayer for you is that in the time of need, you would always have people who will carry you. Did you hear what I said? I said in the time of need, you would always have people who will carry you. You see, because the man was sick, he needed people to get there. He needed more people than he required to get to where he was going. Can I tell you something? If you're sick, you usually need more people to get there. Hmm. If there is something wrong, you would usually need more people than required to get you to where you need to go. What do I mean? You would need more compliments, for example. Sick people need more compliments to get there. You need more I love you's to get there. You need more pat on the back to get there. You need more encouragement to get there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, because you can't carry yourself by yourself. There is something about you that you you, you need the encouragement of somebody else to move. That's a problem. Whilst the encouragement come, praise God for that, I will go. But even though the encouragements don't come, it's important that you must be apt in season and out of season. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you don't always need compliments to do what you need to do in the house of God. You don't always need the pat on the back. You don't always need Pastor Phil to appreciate you for doing um, um, what you've done to continue to do what you do. You don't need a public announcement of the good you've done. Sick people need more people. Because you need to be carried. Look at your neighbor say you're going to walk even in the middle of the storm and even when all things are good. Tell your neighbor. There are some people if you don't call them they will not come to church. They need more people to get there. They won't get there by themselves. There are some people, if you don't, if you don't praise them, if you don't tell them uh, 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 some nice thing they want to hear, they will not get there. They need a push to get there. That's sickness. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
is sickness if you need so many people to come to your aid to get you to do purpose. It's sickness. It's sickness if you need your pastor to always be on tabs with you for you to do what you have been called to do. Wake up from your sleep. Wake up from your slumber. You don't need Mr. A. You don't need Mr. B to do what you need to do. I told you the difference between um, champions and normal people. Normal people follow instructions. But champions follow their instincts. They don't need anybody to tell them what to do. They know what to do already. So, this man needed four people, four men to get him to where Jesus was. It is important that when we are in our low moments, we surround ourselves with some people who can carry us through. Now, Jesus saw the faith of those people. See, friends, the Bible says evil, cor- evil communication corrupts good manners. You cannot sustain faith effectively if you don't have good friends. You cannot sustain faith effectively if you don't have good friends. If all your friends are anti-God, I feel for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because if you don't have a way to lead them by influence, they will lead you. And when they begin to lead you, the Bible says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners. The only place we see you are uncomfortable places. Something is wrong. The only place where you are yourself is where there is misbehaving. That's the only place we see you. It's hard to see them in church. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking about me. Maybe he's... <laughs> Hallelujah. So when Jesus saw the man, Jesus said to the man, Son, thy sins be what? Forgiven of thee. Thy sins be forgiven of thee. I told you before, John said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your what? Your soul prospers. Now there is trace to the prosperity of your life a trace to the healing of your body is the prosperity of your soul so when Jesus looked at the man and he said son thy sins be forgiven of thee there is no correlation between what Jesus said and why the man came are you getting what I'm saying there is no business with what Jesus said and why the man came the man was lame he needed to walk Why did Jesus say to the man who he needed to say, get up from your bed and walk? Why did he say to the man first, thy sins be forgiven of thee? Apart from the fact that he forgave sins for the remission of sins, he also forgave the man to take guilt away from the man. Because it's possible that the guilt consciousness of the man kept the man in that condition. Are you following what I'm saying? So when Jesus said to the man, your sins be forgiven of thee, he was taking away the root problem of the man. So that when the man begins to walk, he will not go back to the bed he stood up from. Because his mind has been freed from guilt. His mind has been freed from condemnation. There are so many people who are walking today, they are in condemnation. And every moment you find them going back to the same things they were delivered from. Look at your neighbor and say, don't go back to those things you were delivered from. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? So Jesus addressed the guilt problem of the man and he said to the man, your sins are forgiven of thee. He needed to deal with the twist that was in the man's mind. He needed to read the condemnation that was in the man's mind. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm not in condemnation. The blood of bulls and goats only covered my sins. But the blood of Jesus has given me a pure conscience. The blood of Jesus has made me feel that I am not a sinner anymore. The blood of Jesus has said to me that I am not the one who needs to come to God with a sense of guilt anymore because of what I did yesterday. No, there is no condemnation to those who are 
in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I spoke to you last Sunday about the woman who was bent over. Who was bent over for 18 years. In the book of Luke chapter 13 verse 12. The Bible says that Jesus saw the woman and he called the woman. He saw the woman and he called the woman. The woman was bent over in church. Because where Jesus found the woman was in the synagogue. She was worshipping bent. She was serving in the house of God bent. And let me tell you the truth is, the fact that the woman was bent did not mean that she couldn't raise up other people. The fact that the woman was bent and she couldn't lift up herself did not mean that she couldn't lift up somebody else. There are sometimes you deal with problems that you help others fix, but you can't fix them yourself. Because when you are in the picture, it's a whole different game. Is anybody I'm talking to here? When you are in the picture, it's a completely different game entirely. Somebody comes to meet you for prayers. Your faith is released to that person. And you begin to pray. The person is healed of that very thing that the person came to you for. But you encounter the same problem. And you pray for yourself. Nothing seems to wonder. Or nothing seems to happen. Have you ever seen pastors who suffer in their silence? Who pray for other people to have children. But they don't have children themselves. I know so many who are like that. I know so many pastors who will speak to the blind eyes. I command you to see. And the blind eye will open. But there is a small sickness in their body. They can't deal with it. Paul said that I prayed about this thing three times. That the Lord will take away this thing three times. But God said no, I won't. Because in your weakness, I want to reveal my strength. Sometimes you have to serve suffering. Oh my goodness. Sometimes you have to serve and it it feels like you are under the pain that you are delivering the people from yourself. Sometimes you pray for people to come out of a mental depression, but you who is a pastor, you are going through a mental depression yourself. Sometimes you have to prophesy that your people get money, but you don't have money to even go back home after you have and prayed and prophesied. Am I talking to some pastors here? Labor. Hey, but listen to me, friends. The Bible says that Jesus looked at the woman. He saw the woman and he, he called the woman. He saw the woman and he called the woman. He what? He saw the woman and he what? Called the woman. Luke chapter 13 verse 12. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose." From your infirmity. It means that the sickness. The physical ailment of the woman. Was a spiritual problem. He saw the woman. And he called the woman. Many times you need to see through people. Jesus saw the woman. And he saw deep into the woman. There are some of you who look very good in church. While church is meant to be the place where your spirit is lifted. And you are blessed. We prefer to look blessed than to be blessed. We, we prefer to appear blessed than to really be blessed. You prefer to spend time on your makeup. You prefer to spend time on how you look. But inside of you, you are just like dead men bones drying on the inside of you. There are some people who are suffering really inside. But they look good on the outside. But the Bible says while men look at the outside, God sees the inside. I want my brothers and my sisters to learn how to look at people and see beyond what they're wearing. And know how to see somebody and you sense in your spirit that there is something wrong here. I need to bring my faith together with your faith and agree with you a prayer of agreement that God will work this thing out for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to be able to see through people because you can't really help somebody you have not seen through. You cannot really help somebody you have not really seen through. Because when people come to you and feel like there is no problem. Because they smile. They do what every other person is doing. They do what others are doing. They even know how to speak the language. They pray in tongues more than you do. And they know how to speak our language. Bless you. God bless you. And they add some finesse to the bless. They say bless. Bless you. 
They add some swag to the bless. They say, the Lord will lift, lift you up. They add some, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, they, they know how to speak the church language. But deep inside, when they go back home, they wear down their makeup and they wear down their expensive clothes and they begin to keep suffering like they have always been suffering. But I, I came to announce to you that everything that is hidden on the inside, Jesus just saw it this evening. And, and there are certain things that are turning around for you. You see, you may not say amen because I'm not talking to you. But if you know that I'm talking to you, let your amen be louder enough. The Bible says that Jesus, he saw the woman and he called for the woman. One will think that Jesus is not fair because Jesus saw a woman who was incapacitated and he was well. What stops Jesus from walking to the woman? Are you still here? There was nothing that stopped Jesus from walking to where the woman was. But instead, Jesus told the woman, in your problems, come. I, I want to see how hungry you are for a change. Because look, I, I, I know I can come to you. And if I come to you, I will lay my hands on you and you will be healed. But I don't want to come to you. I want you to come to me. The Bible says he saw the woman. He saw through the woman and he called the woman to himself. I want you to be someone who will press through the crowd. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? You're going to be desperate about what you know needs to be yours. You don't see it in your life. And you're sitting down keeping quiet. Hey, that devil is a lie. You must learn how to open your mouth and then begin to talk. The Bible says in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. It says, the Bible says that thou, um, 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 it says, upon Mount Zion, there shall be what? Deliverance. There shall be what? Holiness. And... The sons of Jacob will what? Possess their possessions. Just like the woman who had the issue of blood. Can you raise my volume up a bit? The woman who had the issue of blood, the woman said, If I may touch the hem of his garment. The Bible says she pressed through the crowd. Is anybody here who is desperate about what God wants to do in his life? You are tired of the level that you are. You are tired of the place where you have been sitting for a long time. You are ready for the next level. Come on, is there anybody who is ready for the next level here? If you are ready for the next level, come on, say after me. I am ready for the next level. The Bible says Jesus saw the woman and he called the woman to himself. In your incapacitation, you must learn how to still keep walking. In the place of your weakness, you must learn how to keep walking. In the place where even though you can't see the end of the tunnel, you must learn how to keep walking. Because Jesus called you to himself. He said, don't stay where you are, but just keep coming. Because better is the end of a thing than the beginning of the thing. If you stay in the place where you have always been, you will never be close to your promised land as much as you should be. But if there is anybody who is tired of the present and you want to step into the future, you ought to start walking. You ought to keep walking and not stay where you are. Let me tell you, if there's a Red Sea in front of you, he's already at the other side waiting for you. You know what I'm saying to you? If there's a Red Sea in front of you, he's already at the other side waiting for you. Hallelujah. Jesus saw the woman. He called her to himself. And he said to the woman, Thou art loosed from your infirmity. You are loosed from the spirit of this thing. You are loosed from your infirmity. You are loosed from the spirit of poverty. You are loosed from the spirit of quitting. There is a spirit that makes you quit. The moment you try, you, want, you, you, you take a step. You take another step. And after a while, you just quit. There is a quitting spirit. But I came here to bind that spirit. I came here to stop that spirit. Every spirit of quitting, I came here to arrest you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't stop. Just keep on walking. Because better is the end of a thing than the beginning. There is a spirit of poverty that hovers around. But that devil is a liar. You are going beyond the spirit of poverty. There is a spirit of sickness. You are healed from one ailment today. And then tomorrow you come into another ailment. That's, that, that's the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the devil. That's the devil. When you try, the Bible says the woman tried by herself to do it, but she could not. See, anytime you try to do something right and it always turns out wrong, there's a problem. 
Anytime you, if you, if you compare the situation, it is right. But the outcome is wrong. There's a problem. It's called spiritual intelligence. You must understand that there are forces that contend with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at the way you guys are looking at me. See, the devil doesn't want you to prosper. He doesn't want you to be healed in your body. He doesn't want you to be happy. He wants to do anything that will kill your spirit. But it says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. You try to do it right, but it's coming out wrong. Your certificates are right. Your pedigree is right, but you don't get the job. You, 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 everything, the situation is correct, but the outcome is wrong. She did all she could, but she could not. But Jesus said to the woman, woman, thou art loose. I came to tell someone you have been loosed. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? See, you have been loosed. And the power that is backing you, the power that is there behind you, the force that is pushing you, is a force that will produce results. You are loosed already. One thing Paul says, he says, forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. There's so many of you who have stayed stuck in the mental place of your flood soul. Your soul has been flooded with offenses and resentment. See, you can't you can move very fast. You can't you can move with unforgiveness in your heart. You can't move with resentment in your heart. Because like I told you, the forgiveness that you give to somebody else is the forgiveness you received. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. I'll just do that then we're going to pray. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. It says, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. No, this is not what I'm looking for. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Not be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Go to the next verse. Let me see if it's what I'm looking for. not what I'm looking for. Hallelujah. I'm going to share that with you on Wednesday. But you see, the only thing that connects you to the past is unforgiveness. That's why I will not allow anybody who is here take beef in their hearts. I hope you know what I mean by beef. I will not allow you take beef. See, nothing is worth it. There is nothing, anything you don't forgive, you have given that thing so much power over you. There is nothing that is worth it. There is nothing that is worth your progress. Nothing. The only thing that ties you to the past is unforgiveness. Because whilst you're meant to be moving forward, you're looking back. You can't run effectively like that. Can I tell you that the moment you forgive, you will trigger health in your body. You will trigger blessings in your life. The moment you learn how to forgive, Forgiveness is like the umbilical cord that connects you to the past. That's un- unforgiveness, I mean to say. So if there is anyone who is dealing with resentment and strongholds, you must learn how to trace the arguments. And learn to see that these things are strongholds you must pull down. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not what? They are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I prophesy upon you that everything about your life is going to be a forward progression. Oh, you're not saying amen like you mean it. Everything about you is going to be a forward progression. The Bible says that the path of a just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter to the perfect day. Can I prophesy to some people who will take territories in this place? Can I prophesy to some people whose names are going to be heard in our nation? Can I prophesy to some people who are going to be the future governors of our states? Can I prophesy to people who are going to own organizations and businesses? Can I prophesy to you that your time is coming? You will not miss your opportunity. You will not miss your season. You will not miss your timing. 
You will be apt in season and out of season. Let me prophesy to everyone who is here that nothing will stop you from making progress. When you need men who will support you, God will send men your way. When you need helpers of destiny, God will send helpers of destiny your way. When you need people who will be there for you in hard times, God will send you friends who stick closer than brothers. When you need money in your pocket, God will do a miracle for you. I prophesy healing to your body. I prophesy health to your life. I prophesy healing to your mother. I prophesy healing to your brothers. If you've been down, if you've been discouraged, I release the blessings of God upon your life. I command you to get up, rise up from where you are, and make progress. Look at your neighbor say, you are rising up, you are making progress. You are rising up, you are making progress. Lay your hands on your neighbor in the next 30 minutes and begin to prophesy to your neighbor. You are rising up, you are making progress. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.